5 in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello, and welcome to 5 in the Eye on New Year's Eve 2021. This is me, Michael O'Hituru, introducing show 0338, in which we're planning to look back over some of the more light-hearted stories we've covered during 2021. And this is Phil Woodford joining Michael Varzoom. Yes, from cows and trains to astronauts, we covered it all on your favourite news review show. And now's the time to look back and say, that's this year's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We, we all love a plate of chips, don't we? Um, but if you were going to order a plate of chips, you wouldn't want it to cost $200. And that's the price attached to it in a restaurant called Serendipity 3 in Manhattan, New York. And why does it cost so much? Because it's got a lot of gold dust thrown on the top of it, Michael. You know, the, the, the usual kind of gold plating of the of, of the chips, as well as some, you know, particular techniques in, in terms of the frying and the cooking in champagne and all the rest of it. Oh, did you say the usual gold plating of chips? What planet are you on? The usual gold plating <laughs> you don't, of chips? You, you, don't, you don't get that in Abbey Wood. I'm minded of back in the day when all these the, the doctors would, would crush pearls and and um, gold together to create these 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 medicines that would cure you of anything. Mm-hmm. So by virtue of the fact these things are precious, they take on a new value of their own. So when you eat them, you get some of the benefits of the wealth. Phil, I've got news for you. Uh-uh, it's not true. Gold does not cure things. Equally, what does gold taste like? I have no idea, and I don't want to know. It's probably not good for your constitution, I would have thought. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I, I, if having said that, Phil, I'd go around collecting yours if you did it. <laughs> there could be money in it. There could be money in it. But I mean, two hundred dollars. You know, I'm a fast eater. I mean, I, I would, I would worry that that two hundred dollars could be gone in next to no time. No, but I'll be would, round would you your put... toilets. Not be round to your toilet. Definitely. <laughs> what, what about ketchup? Would you have ketchup with these chips? Do you think? Oh, that, that, hang on a second. You probably have to to give them some flavour. You know, the fact that. The fact that you've got these chips, Phil, it's begging. You could have something else with them. You, come on, you can't just have chips on their own. Well, maybe you could have a burger because um, um, we noticed that the Sun newspaper was also talking about 5,000 5, euro burger being produced on the continent. I'm confused um, here, Phil. I'm confused here. We've got a, a euro burger and the dollar chips. Mm. There's a dish, there's, a, there's an Atlantic <laughs> ocean in the, in the middle here. What's going on? Well, I know. I mean, the burger would be cold by the time you got it over to eat the chips, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This is, I'm, I'm minded of the, the app, and I've shared this with you before, the app on Apple that, that, that lasted about five seconds, where it was, it was $5,000 to buy the app that says, you've just bought an app for $5,000. That was the app. Yeah. This, this kind of, you buy it because of oh. the value in it, because I can. Isn't that uh, the principle of Bitcoin as well, Michael? But you were happy to buy that. Oh, <laughs> no, Bitcoin, no. This, this is not an investment recommendation, but Bitcoin is, is going up. It's been up these last few days. So who knows? Eat Bitcoin, eat Bitcoin chips, Bitcoin burgers. Who knows? Five in the eye. Story number four this week takes us to India, uh, or more specifically, uh, Rajasthan, uh, the Indian state, where um, if you want to become a teacher, 
you have to take a particular test. It's called the, the Rajasthan Teacher Eligibility Test called REIT. Um, and it's the only way you get to become a primary or secondary school teacher. And so actually um, large numbers, very large numbers of people take this test. And the government was worried that people were going to cheat. And so what it did was it actually imposed internet restrictions and shutdowns last Sunday in order to stop people cheating in these teaching exams. Now, for the first, you know, the first thing that occurs to me is, you know, well, how widespread is all the cheating to become a teacher? And that's that's a worry in itself. But then the idea that in order to facilitate an exam, the rest of us would, would have to be without inter- I mean, you wouldn't survive two minutes, Michael, without your internet connection. I, 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 was, I was, I was, my gob was smacked at this. Why couldn't they just remove everybody's mobile phones? Going to go in the stark naked, just taking all the technology away from people. It just seemed absolutely bizarre. Mm. Bizarre, you know. Even take your. I know you can have things in your glasses. Well, you can't have your glasses in the exam. No watches in the exam. You know, if there was, you know, there's something going on here, Phil. I don't quite understand. Yeah, well, it's certainly not not something that's yet been introduced in 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 the UK. I think may, may, maybe um, maybe it's a reflection of the fact that these teaching jobs are you know so sought after in um, in India. It's a route possibly for some people who you, you know who might not have other opportunities, but they're uh, you know they they they've got an education they want to get on in life. Teaching is the route in. Uh, and it has a status, perhaps, that it doesn't have here. So then people are so desperate that there's a proportion, a small proportion of people who are prepared to cheat in order to get there. I'm sorry, Phil. Let me let me say, if, if I was the Minister of Education there, right, you're going to turn up an hour before the exam, whatever your time zone is, and you're going to go in quarantine. Mm. And we're going, to, we're going to examine you for any, any electronic devices you have. And you're going to be there for an hour after the exam. You know, to, if, to, to, to cater for time differences, whatever the time difference is. Mm-hmm. So I think you can be ruthless in this because what it said, you know, it sets a dangerous precedent here in terms of exam times. The internet goes down. I mean, we discussed this. In fact, the more sophisticated ways you can do this, you can do this in in in, in specially designed chambers where the internet can't get in. Mm. So in some ways, I think this is the, the easy way out. You know, you should go, you either take your phones, watches, glasses off you, look you in chambers which are um, which which resist um, radio inter- interference. Because these same rooms are in are in embassies around the world. When 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 they want to go and talk privately, they go into this this room, which is which is internet safe. So my God, so I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry for you know the the Indian government. Is this a real story, Phil? Is this uh, the Indian government trying to say? Well, all I can say is just as well I didn't shut the internet down on a fr- just as well I didn't shut the internet down on a Friday because people wouldn't be able to stream five in the eye, would they? Uh, f- we set up our own internet station to get get people keep people connected. Five in the eye. Finally, this week. A story recommended by uh, our, our guest presenter last week, College and Nike. He he tipped us off on this one. CNN reporting that scientists are trying to teach cows 
how to go to the toilet. Um, and uh, why are they doing it? It's for in environmental reasons, because cows that are potty trained could help us apparently to save the planet. So in Germany, they're doing some research, which has uh, been reported in the, the journal Current Biology. Um, and um, I was astonished by the figures, Mark. I don't know whether you were, but cows produce yeah, roughly yeah, 66 yeah. to 88 pounds of feces a day and eight gallons of urine a day. Um, and what happens is that they can um, they can go to the toilet wherever they want, fairly obviously, because they're because they're cows. And then what happens is that the um, the, um, the there's ammonia emissions that um, contribute to climate change because their waste interacts with the soil. Um, it converts into nitrous oxide, which is a greenhouse gas. So the aim here is to get the cows doing their business uh, in a way that's um, a little bit more acceptable. And that means uh, you've got to, it's like uh, sort of Pavlov's dogs. You've got to, you, you've got to train them to do this. What, what no, did no, you make it, of this, this, Michael? Well, this, my takeaway from this was consistently said, they're like children. You chain them like children. This reward, when they do it right, you reward them. When they do it wrong, a little, a little smack. The idea of that you can, a, a cow is like a child. You can actually potty train as they do here. As to why they should do this, I'm, I'm going to take the moral high ground bill here. We should just eat less meat. You know, 60, what was it, 60, 60% of the world's um, uh, gases, um, uh, climate changing gases, nitrous oxide, and nitrogen dioxide, and carbon dioxide, these greenhouse gases come from food production for animals. So this is in some ways, if we can, more we can eat less, eat less meat, we're we, we help, helping the planet. So but what I, you're I saying, Michael, is that we, 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 actually, we actually need fewer cows going <laughs> to the toilet because uh, the only reason the cows are there are because of the, the dairy industry and the meat industry, which, which is a very fair point. And uh, I'm sure environmentalists would be keen to point that out. But I mean, some of, some of the stuff, you know, I'm sure, you know, listeners will realise you don't, you didn't literally smack your kid when they didn't go to the toilet. Did, uh, you, that was a metaphor, I hope, uh, Michael, in, in, in your description. But there's some kind of penalty, <laughs> there's some kind of penalty no, 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 with no. the cat, with the cows, no, no, it was, there was no, there was no electric shocks. <laughs> with the, with the cat, with the cows, though, they they had this idea that they would put them put some earphones in them and play them nasty noises if they urinated outside. I mean, that sounds quite cruel. So you're taking this seriously, Phil? Apparently, the duck didn't work. The noise didn't. They ignored the noise. We're taking this seriously. I guess we should, because it's important, you know, controlling cows. So we'll move on from cows to sheep to goats. Maybe we need goat whispers and get goats to do it in the right places, or sheep do it in the right places. I mean, I'll tell, the th tell you the things that I'd really like to be taught would be, would be dogs. If, if, if the dog owners could, could teach their dogs to go to the toilet, then may maybe our streets would be a little bit safer to walk. What do you reckon? Um, yes, I agree. Because <laughs> a lot of dog, dog lovers out there, and their dog can do no harm, and it's just wonderful. But you're right. For me, it's not just the, the, the feces. They just they was everywhere. You know, they're, they're just all over the place. Can you imagine if, if human beings wasn't all over the place? Then we don't do that. So, no, I'm with you on that respect. So. Five in the eye. Story number four this week. 
is about the cutthroat world of Tory MPs and their WhatsApp groups. So in recent years, it's become very common for groups of like-minded MPs to get together. They've got their own little WhatsApp groups. And of course, they think they're all private and they're cut because it's end-to-end encryption and everything. They're, they're sort of sniping it at the powers that be, having a dig at Boris Johnson, maybe. Uh, and who wouldn't have a dig at Boris Johnson, let's face it. But there was an extraordinary kind of carry-on over the last week where Nadine Doris, who's the, the rather controversial culture secretary, or as, as she's sometimes named uh, Secretary of State for Culture Wars, she has been kicked out of a conservative WhatsApp group because she was sticking up for Boris. And <clears throat> she um, she was she was giving some arguments as to why people should be loyal to him. And Steve Baker, who is one of the kind of renegade libertarian Tory MPs, he removed her from the chat and he he posted enough is enough. <laughs> and Andrew Bridgen, who is similarly minded, yeah, exactly. and, and another fairly idiotic Tory MP said, about time. Thanks, Steve. Do you know, Phil, when I, read, when I saw this, I thought, oh, my God, the Tory party divided. And that was so wonderful. You can see it here. It's written large. You actually see it. But this is the wonderful thing about, about social media. You can see the interaction between people directly. There's no, there's no, no, no intermediary here. You know, she's cut. She's axed from their own group because she says, what does she say? The hero is the prime minister who delivered Brexit. I'm aware, as someone said today, that Regicide is the DNA of the Conservative Party. But a bit of loyalty to the person who won the 83 majority and delivered Brexit wouldn't go amiss. So she's looking to to unify. Straight straight, straight underneath, Steve Baker removed Nadine Doris. (laughs) Enough of this nonsense. (laughs) Enough of this. That that was then. This is now. So isn't this the wonderful, uh, the beauty of um, of, uh, social media? But what it does, it just speeds the life, the, the the life cycle of stories and ideas, and then I say of people, it speeds them up. Maybe you know, in the sixties, seventies, it would have taken a couple of months for this kind of story to of of, of enacted out. But now we're talking about weeks now or days. Or but it hours. just it just shows though what you post on um, a social network um, is obviously public, but in private groups or. WhatsApp groups or messaging platforms, it may seem to be private, but there's always a screen grab, isn't there, Michael? Phil, let me put it to you. I'm going to be a big statement here. I never put anything in an email about someone that I would not say to their face. You know, because if you put it in, in anything you write online, it's like writing a postcard. It's a postcard. The whole planet can read it. So the cynic in me says, Maybe Doris knew or none. I would send Doris uh, knew what, what was going on. So I, I would send canceled. an email. I would send an email so that do you know what that old codger Michael's up to? But you see, I'm prepared to say that's your face now, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, I, I love this story. It, it, there's a brutal honesty about it. A brutal honesty. But then the Tory party, they're all about brutal honesty, you know. If, if you look at their last few leaders, they've all come down thanks to brutal honesty, the reality. Five in the eye. Well, it couldn't be New Year's Eve, because it's not New Year's Eve, it's Christmas Eve, without us having a Christmas story. And this is this is the one that 
I was going to say tickled my fancy. Can, can that be tickled these days? Is that appropriate? On Can you say that, Phil? Is it politically correct to be tickled? We, 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 I think we are often tickled. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's Christmas, if you can say this. The family's here. Oh, the family's here. And it says, this is MI6. Have a Christmas card. And the mail talks about, it says in the headline is, the name's Claus. Santa Claus, Spy Chiefs unveil an MI6 Christmas card featuring a very familiar figure in the famous 007 movie, Gun Barrel. I don't know if you know the one. It's a very famous one. You've got, you've got the, the, the gun barrel. You've got the, um, it's a little image of a gun barrel. And you've got a man at the end focusing on a guy with a gun about to shoot. Well, the guy in the gun is gone. And guess what? It's Father Christmas. It's a red, it's a fully red road Father Christmas. Now this is a this is a, a postcard from uh, MI6, and the, as they say, using Claus, Santa Claus, <laughs> as the uh, as the icon of the image, and, it, oh, and, and James Bond's trademark PPK handgun has been yeah. turned into a candy cane, appropriate for the uh, for the situation. Well, I, mean, I missed that one. Is it, is it candy cane? Let me just. Uh, well spotted, Phil. I never noticed. Oh, it is. It's it's a, it's a striped candy cane. But what what's I mean? There's a couple of things that interest me about this story. It's not so much that they've done something hugely, uh, hugely clever with their Christmas card. First of all, the idea that MI6 send Christmas cards, and then uh, who who is it that they send them to? Do you think Do you think they send them to friends or to enemies? No, 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 no. They send them to the MI5, their brothers. Oh yeah, of course they send them. Oh, they they want to the CIA. Off to GCHQ, maybe. What about yeah. Mossad? Do you think the Mossad? Mossad. Well, Mossad's quite interesting because Mossad has a sense of humour as well. If you follow them on Twitter, uh, they, they, are, they are the kind of japesters of the uh, of the Mossad? international sleuthing no, world. No, yes, no. yeah, they, Mossad, they, they have... no, no, I've learned something today. I've learned something. <laughs> yeah, no, you must check them out on Twitter. But the, the um, no, it's it it, it it interests me. You know, who 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 gets the Christmas cards from? I could imagine them going, you know, being sent cheekily to people that MI6 might be keeping an eye on, <laughs> eye on overseas. What do you reckon? I love that idea. You are being watched. Happy Christmas. Having Christmas. said that, did you get one? I have to say, my MI6 card must have been delayed in the post, along with my <laughs> lateral flow tests. Um, but uh, you know, it's fascinating, Phil. You know. You know, but when they, they, they have they done it this year? I've not seen it yet. But uh, the, the the Queen's Christmas card or God, God, Prince William's Christmas card, you know, and they show this picture of this family scene around some, you know, in Africa or some whatever they are. And you think, I've never got any anything from the Queen, Prince Philip, Prince mm. Charles. I see them on the telly. Who did he send them to? Mm. You know, we should. We should. I think the press should publish the you know the Christmas card list of MI6. Publish Christmas card list of the Queen. You know, just to, I'd like to know if I know anybody who's on that list. I'd, mm. I'd be happy with that. Do you think you know anybody on the Queen's Christmas card list or MI6 Christmas card list? I think maybe we have to get on the on the honors list before we get on the Christmas card list, Michael. No, it's not, no, not be on the Christmas card list. But you know, she's you know who does she send them to? Can mm. we can we do we know anybody she sends them to? Do you think the corgi puts a little paw print on the on the, on the cards? It could do. I'd be honoured to get one from the corgi. You know, put, in, put, in, you know, put into the family. That you know, could be one of the heirlooms in years to come. We wear something on Antiques Roadshow in the year 2525. 
Five in the eye. Story number five this week is about cleaning. Now, it could be that you think, well, uh, it's a nice idea to have someone come in and clean your place, uh, make it all neat and tidy. And this was a service offered by a guy in America to his friends, which is a strange idea in itself. But he would go into their apartments and clean up for them and uh, charge them a, a, a modest fee. Uh, his friend said, one of his friends said, look, I left the key under the mat. So in he goes, does the cleaning, spends a couple of hours there making a place look absolutely spick and span encounters a couple of young felines um spend some time talking to them playing with them phones up uh, his mate and they have a chat and it turns out actually his mate doesn't have any cats and he's in the wrong flat and he's been cleaning up someone else's apartment um luckily this couple were very good humored about it they were very grateful for the fact someone had broken in and cleaned everything up but it might have ended differently i suppose michael what did you make of this uh, th- this service that this Sky offers just on the point of cleaning the lady whose flat it was she loved his cleaning said he was very professional what did she she called him a cleaning what uh, uh, a cleaning fairy a cleaning fairy the cleaning fairy was, and she was very happy even he played with the cats fed them you know he sounds a wonderful wonderful cleaner and I, I hate to say this I'd like to know did they pay him did they bless him and um, what about his mate? Is, yeah. he, is his mate expecting to come back now and clean the place? And, you know, even though he wasn't there, but he seems he seems a very jovial character, and he's cleaning was therapy. He says to him for his mental health, and I can understand that mm. cleaning can be and it can become nice, making something fresh and beautiful. You know, turning one, well, you're turning your. Would you pad. would you like me to? Would you like me to come in and clean over Juru Towers, Michael? You know, obviously for a modest fee, but... No, you know, forget the fee. No, it's, you, it's obviously no. what friends do Friends do for each other. The short answer, Phil, I, I doubt whether you could meet our standards. I doubt whether you can meet our standards. I doubt whether you can become our cleaning fairy. You know, our cleaning elephant, maybe, but not our fairy. Because cleaning takes a certain skill. I mean, and obviously, obviously I, know, got the I know you... I know you have a lot of staff on board anyway, so you probably wouldn't need my services. What with the footman, the butler, and uh, oh, well, the well, scullery. I'm for good people. Uh, you know, I'm sorry for you know in the cleaning department. No, very happy right now. Very happy right now. But you know, uh, yeah, let me challenge you, Phil. You know, I sp- when we we do have a cleaning, we do for a variety of reasons. But we do have a cleaning. But we clean the house before the cleaner comes in. We do. We do. We yeah, put everything yeah, away. You know, we put everything away. Uh, you, you, if it, if it looks if it looks too bad, you know what kind of what kind of impression are you giving? And 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 also, of course, you want to maximise the work that the cleaner does. And so, if you can get some of the kind of the basics done, then maybe the cleaner can take it to another level. But, but exactly when you say the basics, dodgy the, the place the place being, it's always the thing is being tidy and clean. Are they the same thing? If a place is tidy, does that mean it's clean? And, and it's a debate. I think it's probably hard, it's probably quite hard for some somewhere to be clean if it's not tidy. I and I, and I speak as someone who is not the tidiest of people. I have to be honest with you. Well, well I'm, I'm with you in that respect. You know, in terms of I, I like think I'm 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 a tidy but not clean person, and I know many people are tidy and clean. It's uh, there, there's a subtle and telling difference. I guess you're a clean and tidy person for everything you're polished and bright and shiny in your in, in Woodford Towers. I think Mrs. W would disagree with that description of me. 
five in the eye. Our final story this week, story number five, is a very um, personal story. It's about going in space. Or to, to quote the headline, leaky SpaceX toilet problem will force astronauts, astronauts to use backup undergarments. This is where the toilet failed in space. Now, just that headline alone, that just makes you, oh my goodness. What was the consequence? Apparently, it never, it was on... it never happened on Star Trek, did it? <laughs> did they have toilets on Star Trek? I don't know. Did they ever go? No one said, excuse me, I need to go. So I don't, you don't, you don't know. So, no, but maybe they've taken some drug to kind of stop them going. But in space, apparently, it got le- there was a leaking toilet, a leaking toilet. So they couldn't go. And they had to, how can I say, go where they stood. <laughs> it's just go where they floated. And it just, the whole idea of it, it, it went on to say there was no solid material floating around. And it did, you know, the, the, the story just kept on getting worse and worse. This idea of a toilet failing in space. So, look, I'm going to put it up front for they've got to get this sorted out before I'm going up there. You know, because if you want me up there, I want, I want proper toilets. Proper toilets. I do. Probably the Russians used to have a proper toilet with a flush and all that nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. I do. It's nonsense when you haven't got it. I suppose when you, when you need it, it's not nonsense. But this, this was a really telling story in the sense that we forget about the other side, the human side of space flight. You know, you've got to get this, you've got to get this sorted. And SpaceX, I mean, because the the problem was not on the actual space station itself, but in this shuttle SpaceX, which is the Elon Musk thing, isn't it? That that's kind of the privatized shuttle service that brings you backwards and forwards. Now, you know, obviously you weren't going to be on there for too long, but I think it's still about 13 hours. No, no, okay. So you wouldn't wouldn't want 13 hours. Yeah, you wouldn't you you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to go that long without the toilet, would you? But but you know, remember I'm sure you did this with the kids. You know, when you want to go, when you, before you go out, you say, do you want to go to the toilet? And they say, no, 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 no. And you get in the car, you know, you, a couple hundred yards down the road, dad, can I go to the toilet? I'm sure that's exactly it. Because when you can't go, you need to go. You know, so I really feel for these people, but I'm sure, I was going to say they're getting paid enough. They can sort, they can sort this out. They can sort this, this, uh, this toilet problem out. For, for future generations, if they want to, if they want to have a successful uh, tourist industry in space, they've got to get the, um, got to get that sorted. Five in the eye. Our final story this week is all about the power of celebrity. Michael Jordan, probably the the most famous basketball player of all time in the in the states. Uh, one of his original jerseys has just sold for a million pounds um and you know that is the power behind the celebrity name just to have an item that is associated with an icon um it, it seems to be that your people are prepared to pay anything it wasn't you that bid this but but it's a little bit more special than that phil the fact that it was not the rarity of it linked to a picture linked to an event this was one. It was a famous game he played in, and there's a picture of him wearing this this thing. So you've got it on. You've got the trap together, the picture and the event. So you're. This is you're, what they call provenance, isn't it? On exactly. You buy the. You buy a piece of history. You got it on the wall. It's one of his boots. Apparently, went for half a million dollars. 
His boots, that's what they call basketball shoes. I don't know. Got, um, these shoes he wore in this game. And he, 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 broke in, he broke into the side awning and there's pieces of glass from the side awning in these boots. And then, so you got the picture of him doing the dunk. That dunk, that's a technical word for, for basketball. Right, you yeah. may not know when you. I, 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 I knew it related to donuts. I didn't. I, I hadn't heard of it related to basketball. No, I'm only kidding. And it's got the glass in, and that's part of it. To use your word, provenance. That makes it real. You know, on the same. We had that same story, but not, not a similar story. But Fife. No, no, not much. Fife doesn't have much. Doesn't appear much on Fife now. But here they are. The Fife Linoleum Museum. It, it's in, 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 this is Fife in Scotland, isn't it? And uh, and and they and they are determined to demonstrate that the lino in Paul McCartney's childhood home was made in Fife. And but, um, but, but, okay, Phil, but in perspective, you know what was it? Ninety percent of the world's linoleum at one stage was made in Fife. You know, it, it was so the, the capital so the, of linoleum. It, it, it was Fife capital. It was a li lino capital of the world, Fife. Yeah, they've got six thousand examples in their museum, and they want so they want to have some provenance in this Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney lino in his house. Did I say in Liverpool? Mm. Posh part of Liverpool, by the way. Posh part of Liverpool. And you look at it; it looks tacky. But having said that, it's. It's Paul McCartney's house. Did you have lino on your in, in your house in Liverpool? Mike? Luxury used to dream of lino. We, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had we used to we used to have floorboards and we used to walk on the knots. It was oh, it was tough, man. It was tough. We used yeah. to dream of lino. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you you probably had carpet in your you if you been, if you'd been taken, yeah, oh yeah, it was it was shag pile, it was shag pile <laughs> carpet all the way in the nineteen seventies. Uh, I can you know, I can really, you, you, I can imagine that, Phil. You probably had fluffy covers on your toilet seats and all that with matching <laughs> carpet and all that. God, so look, you know, it's all about problems, that connection stuff. So you can make that link. So when you but that could make that that, that range of liner, which was bought in the fifties, it could bring it back. As used in Paul McCartney's house, you yeah. know that yours, yours for a million quid. <laughs> I love it. provenance. It's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. No, no provenance, no comment, no money. Bring the price down. Live in the eye. Story number four. It's about a Ukrainian couple who've chained themselves together for three months to test to test themselves to see how strong their love is. Apparently, they had problems with one another and they were always breaking up. So this is the final test. And they're roped, roped no, they're chained together. And the, immediately when I saw this story, I thought, really? 100% of the time? Well, apparently, they tell us they will be locked together for three months and have already had to grapple with going to the toilet, showering and changing clothes. They've had some special clothes made. You know, so Phil, okay. Do you, first, do you believe them? <laughs> and secondly, would you do it? Well, I mean, you know, Mrs. W probably says she's been chained to me for the past 25 years, but uh, I, I, I... I can I, help I, her. I, Tell her I can help if you want. I can help. I have the key. Um, okay. the, 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 the thing here is, I mean, it does have, it does sort of kind of um, have a feel of publicity stunt about it, doesn't it? Because, Thank you. Thank you. Know, you. We, we are not with this Ukrainian couple all the time. If we were, 
uh, the situation be even weirder than it is. But, you know, we, that we see them when they go out and about and they pose for photographs, you know, having meals together and all of this kind of thing. But when they're in the comfort of their own apartment, how do we know there isn't a key that quickly unlocks them? Um, and um, we, we've got no real way of verifying the fact that they're truly but, handcuffed but, together. Now, Phil, can I be very brutal and coarse? There are some things that only you can do. Right. <laughs> only some things you can do. I see. So you're you're thinking for for for, for certain activities in the in the property, they might they might kind of release themselves from each other. It's a, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. You know, we've been through this. Does this test them? In fact, be, you need you need something ah, that, that affects an external force because they've created this internally, this holding together. But something that really disrupts, you know, that really threatens them comes from outside. That that, that really tests the relationship. So I'm, you know, so I'm not fully convinced this is going to prove anything, other than the fact that we all need a bit of privacy sometimes. We all do. Five in the eye. Well, that's it for another year. We hope you've enjoyed looking back at some of the funniest stories we covered in 2021. Rest assured, we'll be here again next year to find some more quirky news, but we'll also be covering all the serious topics of the day. And we're hoping to have a very special guest join us first thing in the new year. So watch this space. Until then, this is me, Mike Lohajuru, saying, if you have been, thanks for listening and have a great new year. And this is Phil Woodford reminding you to keep an eye on the news as you never know what we'll be discussing on next year's Five in the Eye. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?